Welcome back to 10 Tens Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Vrio, and I am sitting in the Kanka Motorsports studio, and I have Adam Nielsen on Zoom, back from his uh, vacation, away from all of you fans. Vacation, that's what that was. Uh, sitting uh, in the beautiful weather with his feet up, just enjoying the time away from the podcast, which... Uh, Still I just... have a sore throat. Uh, I am coronavirus-free, according to the state of Iowa. Uh, but I still feel kind of like garbage, even though it's been a week. I think that's what Jess has. Jess has that really bad right now. Like, I slept all day Wednesday last week. Yes, that's exactly what like, Jess has. The whole fucking day. Weird. That's a, yeah. Like, but did Katie get sick at all? Katie is sick right now. Oh, oh, Jess is like completely almost was over sick it for now. like twenty four hours, and then he was like, "No, nah, I'm too busy for this," and I really kind of hate him for it. <laughs> No, she came back from the lake with some head cold, and it's progressively got worse and then slightly gotten better. And mm-hmm. It hasn't touched me at all. It's weird. Your turns are coming, bro. God, I hope not. I really, really, you know, really, 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 really hope not. That would be classic. Dude, Robbie Vero. be sick for the entire one lap. Oh, I'd be so mad. That would be classic. Just be, Robbie just, be just be done for the season. You know what? I fucking it's PRI quit. all over again. I fucking quit. No more. I'm just gonna stay home. Try How to, try excited to, are you right now, Robbie? Dude, I'm super, super, super pumped. You leave Friday morning, so like 24 hours. It doesn't. So if, fe- I'm, if I'm a if I'm a listener, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Monday morning on my commute, and I'm listening to this. Where are you? Uh, so uh, let's see. Yeah, let's do this in my head. So Saturday would be South Bend, Indiana. Uh, Sunday would be Memphis. Monday would be Eagles Canyon. <clears throat> Nice. Where is Eagles? Is that Texas? Decatur, Texas. Right? Deca- yeah, Decatur, Texas. That's like, uh, isn't that Dusty's home track? Yeah, he, I think he's trying to make it out there just to swing oh, by and say, cool. "Hey, that'd be cool." I'm not sure what the COVID protocols are, but damn, look at you! That's a long ways away from uh, Memphis. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty decent jaunt. So it goes Memphis to Eagles Canyon, Eagles Canyon to Nola. Nola to Atlanta, which is not road Atlanta. Isn't like, isn't that kind of like zigzagging back and forth? Uh, yeah, because you, you come Texas down to Memphis. Yeah, back to Nola. That's I mean, those Memphis and Nola got to be closer to each other than. Uh, I mean, that's probably not that far apart, is it? They're not too terrible. I don't know. They're all the south. Yeah, it's far, far away that we don't know about. Yeah, we don't go over there. We're not welcome over there, really. Yeah, well, that's fine. Um, let me pull up the map. I had the or the course. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's about the same distance because it looks like Memphis. If you go straight south to Nola, whereas you know you go basically the same distance to Eagles Canyon, and then back to Nola, and then Atlanta Motorsports Park, not Road Atlanta, which uh, I was mistaken about earlier. <clears throat> but the biggest AMP. Uh, lots of I've heard lots of really good things about AMP. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, they're doing an oval at uh, Lanier Raceplex, so I'm not sure what that is. Like an actual oval? Like a, I think so. Or a roval? Oval, like an actual oval. Weird. Yeah, because there's like at Grissom Air Force Base, we're doing like an autocross. Isn't that the autocross? I think there's always an autocross. And I think there's also a drag race. Is there a drag race at Lanier? No. Drag strip? That's at Memphis, I think. Is that in Memphis? Because yep. I think there's always a drag race. I remember right the first year that Bill did this. Yep. This is the guy you're racing with. Team Corn Fed on Facebook, everybody. That's right. Uh, 
he broke a motor mount at the drag race in his STI. Yeah, that'd be awful. The first year. Hopefully the the Corvette is more than capable of all of that stuff. Actually, ha, funny I sh- you should mention that. Uh, we had Paragon Performance install a bunch of fun stuff. So they Did ins- they do it? Oh, yes. So Paragon Performance teamed up with us um, basically to give us all sorts of goodies. So we went out and right. tested the car a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Got to feel it's totally different now. Yeah, it it was it's like super comfortable. It's like the easiest car I've ever driven. It's like I go out there and I'm just busting out laps way faster than the Z and I'm not even trying on on what I guess I want to say harder tires but there's no way that's possible. But you know, the 300 treadwear tires. On paper, <laughs> on paper they're harder. Um I mean it's just they're it's not just 10 a, years old. No. By the way, those are completely taken off the car and thrown in a pile. For the record, I, could, I couldn't be more proud. They are they are trashed. They are gone. Good. Um, they, they've been trashed for a long time. <laughs> it was just it was time you accepted that. No, 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 I I didn't want to take it out ever ever again on those. But the Corvette um, was at Paragon Performance and it got brakes, rotors, um, like I see these really high end uh, axles, like fourteen hundred horsepower capable axles. Um, I think that's the, the important stuff that we got. I think there's some other odds and ends because they're doing a bunch of like install videos using Bill's car. Well, so they they sell these like cooler covers. Yes. Like for um you know oil coolers, what you know, trans coolers, all that stuff. Because apparently the the grills on those cars are really open. Yes, they from are the factory and the the stuff is like super susceptible to damage, which shocks me. Yeah. Um, and so, cause I talked to JB quite a bit while I was a no or a NCM. Um, and he said that the ones that they sell are the only ones that bolt in using factory holes. All the other ones, you have to like zip tie them in and like janky stuff like that. Lame. He's like, I don't even know why people are bothering trying to sell that to Corvette people. Yeah. They're like, they can't be selling those at all. Like these aren't Subarus guys. You can't do that. No one's going to buy that crap. He says, uh, he told me that they were like, they, they literally, they cannot make them fast enough. That doesn't surprise me. Like if you make a quality product and it's something that's yeah. pretty sought after as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I think, I think we got, I say we, it's Bill's car. I think Bill got all of, uh, all that stuff as well. Like the, the cooler covers and, and all the all that stuff. So like, if you, I think if you, if you see a blue Corvette in the Paragon performance videos, that's uh that's the car I'm driving for one lap. That's Bill's car. Uh, we got tires installed yesterday, which would be Tuesday. They got installed, and uh, oh god, what are they? <laughs> the I think they're the Pilot Sport 4S. Is that right? Did they go on? God, I should have factory looked. wheels. Yes. Or did they go on JV's wheels? That's a good question. Did we get wheels too? I don't remember. Uh, JV told me. <laughs> <laughs> did we? We got wheels too. He, he told me that. Uh, Basically, that he was like, Bill's being uh, like worry ward about it and he doesn't want to mess with it too much. Which I get. JB's like, I'm just going to throw the whole catalog at him when it gets here and I'm not even going to tell him. And I'm just going to say, just take the car and we'll figure it out later. That's that's actually the conversation we had because he said that that's what he told him. I was like, yeah, well, you have this. We'll figure it out later. (laughs) We had it all figured out, but it's like been months since we talked about it. Now I can't remember. Yeah. All I know so. is they're not the Yoko AO52s because that would be insane. 
Yeah. I can't uh, believe their people are doing that. I think he was that. talking about like a set of RE-71s or something that he was going to try and sneak on there. Oh, God, no. Please don't do that. On some, on some Volks. Volks would be great. 71's not great. That was, so. that was not the conversation we had. <laughs> Bill and I had the very conservative, let's, let's, let's pretend that we don't want to crash in the rain conversation. And that's you why we, start, that's why we went living, with You aren't living the life I'm like not. To no. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I am living the life that doesn't doesn't uh, take the risks that are unnecessary in someone else's Corvette. That is the life I'm uh, living. The weather looks great, Robbie. I don't. Don't know. you fucking say it. Don't you fucking say it. <laughs> don't even. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, it looks fucking great. Rains every goddamn day. <laughs> it's because I love you. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> You're an asshole. It's fine. Um. Actually, the weather did look pretty good. Uh, we'll be driving through probably a few storms, but it looked like the tracks themselves would not be uh, raining while we were there. So we'll see. Uh, I, I don't. It rains at least one day during one lap. Oh, it's got to uh, at the track. So it's got to. And we were we were happy to find out that we could get track insurance the day of. We have the quote. All we have to do is just say, "Hey, it sucks here. Let's get let's get this, get the insurance." Through Haggerty, um, I think he had a couple quotes. I can't remember the which one we okay. he decided the that one was that, the best the one. one that we were gonna use. The company that we were gonna use um, for our autocross that never happened. Yep. Um, that Adam Jabay recommended to us. Yes, not the first one that actually ruined our autocross, but the one that Jabay recommended to us. But we were too slow, or we were too late on it. Not yeah. too slow, too late. Uh, they do track day insurance too, and I think that they might maybe have a little bit better rates. He than, looked uh, than Bill. Haggerty. Bill was shopping around to see if it made sense to just get insurance be. from the start, but it would basically financially cripple us, and we decided that we'll just play it by ear. I should try and figure out who that is because now I'm like plugging a company I don't have a name for, and people <laughs> might be like, "Who's this other track day insurance provider?" That would be great. Because uh, I, I can picture their logo. That, like, I can't. I can't think of it. I still have this on my phone for some reason. I think this is the company that actually quoted us and then fucked us over. <laughs> yeah, it is. God damn it! I don't have it either. No. Oh, it's Lockton. Yes, that, locked that's, in that's insurance. Yep. They insurance or they insure grid life, so you know they're cool they're good people. Yeah, they're, they they get it. Yeah, yeah. So ten tons uh, podcast on you. They'll have no fucking. I'll <laughs> be very about. confused, but just tell them anyways. I put a I put that on all my packages that says company, like where you can put in an optional company. Ten tons yeah, podcast yeah. is always the company. I want everyone to know. Nice. <laughs> I got. Nice. I got uh, that. Since we're here, I put uh, a fire suppression system in my car, and because the Z doesn't have a flat plane anywhere on the floor, anywhere, I had to put it behind the seat, like between the uh, um, between the columns in the back, like below the cage. So I mean, it's not a bad spot for it, but it's just like four or five feet away from where they intended it to be. So when I try to run my lines for all eight nozzles, it's okay. Well, you're about twelve feet short, and then of course you have to order it, which is not convenient. But yeah, I ordered from Competition Motorsport, and that showed up today. So I finished my fire suppression system. Is that that company here in town? Uh, they moved to Texas. Oh, they're not. They don't have a store here in Des Moines anymore. Nope. 
So, but I ordered from them anyways, and it came from Texas. They were the only ones that had reasonable pricing on the Lifeline fire suppression hose or the semi-rigid hose. Yeah, you were like mad that you couldn't find any of that. It's not available anywhere. Then you got to spend like spend thirteen dollars on on shipping for ten dollars worth of tubing. Welcome to COVID, man. Nothing's available <laughs> Freaking, anywhere anymore. Freaking annoying. It's ridiculous. But yeah. <coughs> oh well, it's it's installed now. I have fire suppression. Good. So hopefully I don't ever need to use it. That is one of those things. Very I guess. Where I, did I, you I, point it? I have eight nozzles, two nozzles, so I got that. Eight nozzles. Good God. You so said I get, that already, but it just but on to me, that's a lot. Yep. So um let's see. I have <clears throat> so I got two nozzles pointed directly to the uh, caps of the fuel tanks. So I got the you know I got that saddle fuel tank that has two. Oh yeah, yeah. That has so it has like two metal caps that go over top of the area where the fuel pumps are. So I got two nozzles pointed directly at those. Uh, one in the passenger well pointing towards me. So it would, it would, like if if it sprays, it's going to capture like the center console and me. And then the and and the other ones pointed like at my feet, and then I have four on the engine, so two in the front, two in the rear, or you know, both on the sides, one in the front and the rear. Where'd you point it specifically at you? At my kind of at my crotch, really. That's where I was told to point it at. Yeah, so it's like the the tech inspector at uh, the Brainerd Champ Car race we did. He's because uh, we had it like pointed. I don't remember where. I think he. I think Josh pointed it at his feet, or or his torso. I can't remember which. But the guy's like, "Which would you rather save? Right, your feet or your jewels?" We're like, you know what? You bring up a good, excellent we're, point. We're gonna change that. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, it's 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 not dead center in front of me. It's kind of off to my, to my right a little bit and pointed kind of back. Yeah, so basically over my knee towards my crotch. It's kind of where I have it aimed. Gotcha. Which you could always adjust. But yeah, that's that was my thought process. Kind of my thought process too. I was like, well, let's give myself a little bit of time to get out of the car. And hopefully, again, that I never have to use. Have you tried the out the window thing in that car? No, uh, like like pulling the window net down and climbing out? Yeah. I have not. Hmm. So I've had I've left, I've left the glass in while I've been doing all this other shit I've been working on, so I haven't Ah, I got gotcha. you. I do have the window net in and all that other stuff. It's yeah, just some goofy wiring gremlins and uh, off the line performance for the tune, and then I'm ready to go. I think. Cool. Should we should we talk about the things I have I brought for my opener and whatnot? Yeah. So as always, our opener is presented by Factor Fabrication, FactorFabrication.com. Uh, if you need to get railed. Or caged. Uh, call Booney up. I know uh, there's some really awesome commercial stuff here. Like if you go to these businesses in town, you're like, man, that railing is ridiculous. It's probably done by factory fabrication. Don't tell him I sent you because apparently he still hates me. Yeah, he wrote it on the uh, the the board at, at, at yeah. Solo. I don't know what I did to him to deserve such hatred. <laughs> But uh, I'm kind of proud of it, honestly. Well, I mean, you guys are too similar, like you cat people. You guys are like cats because you can't stand each other. Like cats are not good friends all the time. I mean, you're not wrong. 
<laughs> Every once in a while, my cats will like start to play a little bit. And then Katie's dog will be like, oh my gosh, I have friends, right? And she'll she'll jump in there and then they'll be like, nah, man, we're done. Never mind. Yeah, we're not man. playing anymore. Just like walk away in opposite directions and the dog's <laughs> just like visibly bummed. <laughs> just like so bummed out. It makes me laugh every time. That poor dog just wants to be loved. I assure you she's doing fine. <laughs> not an issue. Uh, but if you have any like custom, like uh, furniture or railings or staircases or anything that requires some custom fabrication with wood or metal, um, Booney's your guy. I know he's super super busy, and that's because obviously all of our listeners are deciding to get fabrication work done, which we really appreciate. Uh, but yeah, make sure when you go to Fact Fabrication, just say, "Hey, Robbie sent you." Not yeah. Adam. Right. <laughs> get you a much better deal. You'll get the sweetheart deal and a hug on the way out the door. Don't, but like he has to go for the hug. Like, don't you do it because then it'll be awkward. Yeah, don't. No, yeah. You better not start it. Let him initiate. Yep. And don't make it too long. No, no, there's like a like a two second rule. Yeah, that seems reasonable. It's like a pat on the back, then go. That seems reasonable. <laughs> so. Uh, so let's see, where do I start with this? Um, so a while ago, I don't even remember how long ago now, my dad had that little altered, uh, Bantam roadster drag car thing. Right. Uh, we've talked about it a few times on the show. Um, he sold it. I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the show at some we point. We have too. talked about that. Um, so that was gone down the river and he was looking, for a replacement, uh, he specifically was wanting a door slammer, meaning a car with a roof and doors, um, because uh, it is his belief that that car is a little easier to run by yourself, which he kind of has to do because I can't be at in Missouri at his drag strips that he goes to every weekend. Um, so he kind of has to run it a little bit on his own most of the time. So, um I kind of argued with him a little bit about the fact that I didn't really understand why he thought it was easier, but whatever it's his deal. Um, so he sold that car. It took a long time, a lot of, he, he had there, um, he, you know, he put, you know, very interested in trades. Let me know what you have. Um, the things that people offered him, uh, very interesting. Somebody offered him a endurance racing built Taurus show. I bet you were um, into that, which I told him not to buy or what? not to not to accept. Why not? Uh, because well, because I feel like um, number one, it was it, it was it looked like it was well built, but it's been well used. Ah, right. And so, um, like the the bones were good, but the body was rough. Right. Okay. And um, so, while I, I don't think that it was an even trade. And I don't remember if they were trying to trade it even or not. Um, but I didn't. And the other thing was that I felt like that would have an even more narrow um, interest group and be even harder to move. Yeah. Unless he's giving like selling it because to you. He literally would be like most of the time, uh, basically the trades he was looking at, he looked, he grouped them into two categories. Am I interested in this? Would it be easier to sell? Those were the, you know, and I, 
I kind of felt like that should fall into the no category for both of those things. That yeah, that's fair. Um, that's that's where I'm so, at with the 240. Like someone's like, "Would you take a Jeep yeah. Cherokee?" I'm like, "Yeah, probably." Oh, like even then, no, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will you take Marshall my 88? Will like, you take my 88 Camaro? Yeah, it's like the dude tried to sell me an 80 or trade me an 88 Camaro or no. Oh, yeah, 80, 88 Camaro. He was like talking it up and then I was like, all right, well, let me see some pictures. And it was like not painted. Like there was like primer and shit all over it. Yeah, it was. And, and I was like, okay, like what's your cash off with? Oh, no cash. Like just this is it. Then fuck off. <laughs> like Really? Yeah, that seems ridiculous. You're barely running car. Ver- okay, got it. Got it. Somebody offered him a drag race spec Volkswagen Beetle, like an old Beetle. Yeah, yeah. That's fairly um, common, isn't it? As a drag car? Yeah, there there's a pretty big following of them in that uh category. Um and the like the picture he sent him, like the front wheels are way up in the air, which is not <laughs> that hard to do with a rear engine car. So um it's not like it's some billion mile an hour car i'm sure it was very fast because they're super light and um despite the fact that those motors are kind of hot garbage from the factory like people have decided that this is their life and they have dedicated that to volkswagen beetles and so they found ways to squeeze power out of them (laughs) and so um you know like they can be fast don't get me wrong but the ability to do wheelies is not uh, that big a deal with those cars from what I've understood. But um, my dad could not be more anti air cooled Volkswagen. <laughs> I don't really blame like, him at all. Not- so, you know, he was kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like in its category, it's very cool. He's like, I don't think that's going to be any easier to sell. And honestly, I don't really want to race it down the racetrack because <laughs> it kind of looks like a death machine. <laughs> yeah yeah it does and then when it breaks down you got to fix it and i know you hate working on volkswagens so um that didn't go there were a few others here and there you know people with muscle cars and and little things here and there um but for the most part it was never really the right thing and then finally i don't even know where it ended up it was a ways away it's not a local car anymore but it's gone moved down river and so then became uh, or then started the the trying to find what he was going to buy to replace it. So um, what he was kind of looking for was more of a car that was either um, like ready to go or nearly there. Um, there's no such thing as a ready to go product or like race car. Yeah, of course like, not. It doesn't matter what you buy, even like oh, you could take it to racing tomorrow, but it still needs work. Don't get don't get it twisted. But um, that's kind of what he was. He wasn't looking for like buying a car that needed a full restoration and conversion into a race car, and he wasn't looking for a car that or was even like a street car that could be converted into a race car. That's really not what he was looking for, um, because. You know, it was more the goal of just getting back on the racetrack, right? Um, than it was like messing around with getting the car ready to go. And so, um, and he was also looking very specifically for Pontiac, uh, not only in body but also in engine, because you'd be surprised how hard that is um, 
finding Pontiacs is one thing. Finding them without Chevys underneath the hood is a whole nother ballgame. And that's heresy of the highest order in my dad's mind. So um, that was a struggle. Uh, And then he specifically, you know, he was looking, he wanted to build some sort of vintage or gasser type of race car. So lots of things came away. He sends me, he'd send me like, like literally he'd send me one or two things a day, almost just like, what are you doing? Dad? Like, <laughs> you know, half of them were like, no, like you're, you're not serious about this. Right. You know? And then one of the things he really, really wanted was a 55 Pontiac. And I can't imagine a car I could be less interested in as a drag car, because to me, a 55 Pontiac is just a 55 Chevy that's churched up a little bit. And 55 Chevys are the most like, stereotypical not muscle car old car that exists in my mind it was maybe the exception of like a 32 ford yep you know it's just like that's the car you think of when you think of old car and they're so played out and so lame i don't the other thing is that i don't like full-size drag cars Right. So I was very adamantly against the 55 Chevy. I desperately wanted him to get back into a 61 to 63 Pontiac Tempest, which is what we had when uh, I was a young kid and uh, stuff like that. So um, unbeknownst to me, at some point, somewhere along this line, my dad put out a few feelers looking for his old tube chassis drag car Tempest. Um, we sold it like 20 years ago or something almost, uh, to somebody in Georgia. We knew it went to Georgia. It went as a roller. Um, but that's all we knew. It had a transmission, a rear end, no engine. Um, this, this is that no yellow, idea where the yellow car, that that? Were, this is that yellow car. You had the dragster that matched. Right. We had a, we had a, and, and it was, you know, like this car was built in like the nineties and, and the nineties drag racing in the nineties was so cool because people built like the wildest paint job cars. It was almost like mini trucking. Right. Yeah. Um, and I loved that about, and I still wish that people did that stuff more, you know, I, um, it's a race car, like live it up a little, you know, like maybe not just paint it all red, like let's do something fun with it. Right. And put underglow on it, just like GLTCs do. Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? You know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, the story with that car is that my dad gave it to a friend uh, to. Well, so the story of that paint job, he crashed the car. Um, the I think we talked about it when he was on the show with us. The rear end blew up. The car rolled over. We had to replace the roof skin, but and maybe a few other little panels. But for the most part, the car was still in good working shape i think maybe they replaced a bar or two in the in the cage but for the most part it did its job (coughs) excuse me still have the sore throat um but when the for that paint job he brought it to a friend of his who um was like a body shop and paint shop and also a drag racer and he said uh no pinks no purples no greens just do something and that's what came back, uh, which is one of the wildest paint jobs ever. Um, and then what was really funny. So, you know, he had like the real tall air cleaner, like the six inch tall air cleaner on top of the carburetor. Yep. Uh, when you took the air cleaner off that stud or that all piece of all thread that goes down into the carburetor that the 
that the air cleaner actually sits on from right where the air cleaner ended to the top of the carburetor. They painted it green. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you never saw it unless you were working on the motor, you know, it's, uh, it was that way for like a while before my dad even knew about it. But, um, anyway, so that car disappeared. Um, and apparently at some point somewhere on the, on the Facebook machine, my dad had put out a few feelers looking for the car and actually found it. Um, and I sent you a few pictures of it as it is, uh, now, um, it is still the crazy paint job. Uh, he put a different hood on it. If I remember right, we had the original hood, like it was an original steel hood. And he bought a fiberglass hood. And so that was just in primer or gel coat, as the case may be, um, and not painted. But the rest of the car was still that way. Uh, the interior had been redone, uh, meaning that he just re- or put new aluminum paneling in it. But it was still very much the way my dad sold it. And he put a very wild motor in it. Um, and so my dad ran like real real low 10 second quarter miles, like 10, one, 10, two, somewhere around in there. Um, the class he raced in, he could go faster than nine ninety. So we always tried to stay in that low 10 second range. Um, I guess the car ran runs like, like high eights or low nines. Now like it's remarkably faster. Um, which is super cool. Uh, and so when, when we found the car or when he found the car, he reached out to the guy, uh, who had it and like asked him like, Hey man, like, you know, I used to own this car looking for a race car again. What's the chance, you know, is the car for sale? If it is, what's the number? And, uh, the guy said, you know, Oh, I've, it's kind of, we kind of been thinking about maybe selling it, um, moving on to other options, but we're not real sure. And, one thing led to another and the guy actually put a money, put a number on it. And the number was very reasonable. Hmm. I was convinced that that guy was going to be like, Oh, sentimental value. Yep. I'm going to put, you know, 20% on top of this, which my dad would be like, no, my dad is not that guy at right. all. <clears throat> and so, um, he put it like a very reasonable number on it, right in the area of where my dad was looking at other cars uh, that were actually probably less car um, than, um, and you know it was it was a real good deal by any standards, despite you know like even outside of the fact that we have history with the car, and so like obviously I was very excited, like to the point where I was like literally almost in tears just thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause this car was, I mean, that like, I remember like eight year old me, that was the coolest car in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's the car that introduced me into, into racing of any form and kind of started me down this idiotic path I'm on now. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, but my dad still wasn't fully dedicated to it. Uh, and he had a few other cars that were kind of, um, you know, he was kind of him and hawing back and forth over. And um, 
those cars kind of came and went. One of them was on auction and went for like an astronomical sum of money. Another one, which was also a 61 or 62 Tempest, um, he kind of talked himself out of, and I kind of helped. I, I was like, so it was the original four cylinder motor, but it was significantly hopped up. And so it like, but it still only ran like a 14 second quarter mile, which is way slower than my dad was willing to go. Let's buy a new Honda Accord, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, he's like, if I bought this thing, like I'm either going to have to dump a whole bunch of money. Like, cause we had talked about, um, Mickey Thompson actually like raced those motors. He supercharged them and oh, raced shit. them. And there's one of them in the museum of speed in at speedway in Lincoln, Nebraska that we went to like five years ago now. It's been a long time. Um, yeah. There's one of those on display there. And so we, we actually kind of talked about it back and forth. Like it, you know, and um, it wouldn't have been like the hardest thing in the world, but to do it right was going to cost multiple thousands of dollars or he could just yank that thing out and put uh, a V8 Pontiac in there. But again, you're looking at multiple thousands of dollars and the price that they were asking on the car just didn't make any sense, you know? And so that one, we, we kind of, I, we, you know, we both kind of talked to him out of that one. Um, and here, like we were literally like, it was Tuesday and he's telling me like, uh, you know, Friday when you get off work, come to Missouri, we're going to Georgia. Like we're going to, we're going to get trip it. this thing to Georgia. We're going to get the car. And like, I'm fucking beyond ecstatic. And I was really not telling anybody about it at this point. Cause I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> and then somewhere between there, between the day he told me like, yeah, we're going to do it this weekend. And uh, this weekend happening, he backed out on it. And decided that that was not the route he was going to take, which endlessly disappoints me. But I get he he kind of like, um, you know, my dad's not the the youngest guy in the world. I'm getting old, as I like to tell everybody, which means that he's getting real old. (laughs) And so he kind of, you know, like it was a lot of car like it's it, it was a pretty quick car in its day. It's significantly faster than it was uh, nowadays. And, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I don't even know. He's like, I don't even know that I need to go that fast, which I can, I can respect. I can understand. I might not be happy about it, but I understand it. Um, And it was quite a bit of money. Um, It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't an absurd amount of money. And I don't want to talk about what the, what they were asking. Yeah. The price is, it was still a, it was still a pretty big chunk of change. And um, ultimately he ended up bowing out on the opportunity, which I was really bummed out about. And then I found out what he actually bought. And this is where you get really bummed. So remember I said, I don't like full size drag cars. Um, (laughs) And he knows this. I have long said, I don't like full size drag cars. Um, They just, they, they don't work for me. Drag cars are supposed to be small and like compact ish and lightweight and high horsepower. And that's not what a full size car is. But what he ended up buying was uh, it's a 61 Pontiac Catalina 
Uh, I sent a couple pictures of it to Robbie here. So those on the YouTube can see it. And I'll probably post some pictures on the group too, if my dad's okay with it. Um, but uh, it is a, a race car already. Um, it's a very tame car. When I, uh, you know, when you think of drag car, this is not like a wild car. It's, I don't know that it's street legal, but I, I think that's only because it's not registered. Um, you're talking about the, this is the blue car, right? The blue car. Okay. Yep. So, uh, that body style is called a bat wing, which I think you can kind of see where that comes from. Um, they're very funky looking. Yeah. And I like funky looking cars. I'm still kind of not sure where I land on this one yet. Uh, I'm really, I don't know that I've ever, I'm sure I've seen them, but I've never paid enough attention to it in the past to like really say how I feel about it. So I'm going there this weekend. I haven't seen the car yet. He's had it for quite a while, but I haven't seen the car yet. Um, so I guess we'll find out how I feel for real about it this weekend. Are the, are the, are the pictures you sent me of its current condition or? Uh, I think it was dirty, but yes. But it doesn't have an engine. Uh, so the engine is a, a 421, which is a rare Pontiac motor um, that was available in this car from the factory, but didn't come in this car. Okay. Um, but they were available from the factory. Uh, it's, it's like a really super valuable engine, um, but it's on an engine stand. It was built by a very reputable, uh, Pontiac guy. Um, the, the motors got a little, got some parts in it. Um, it should be pretty with the motor that he has once it's in the car, uh, it's got dual four barrel uh, engine or carburetors, t- uh, to go on it, which is a pretty rare intake manifold setup. Um, once it's all in there, it should be pretty close to this, to kind of the area that my dad was like drawing as the like minimum speed he was willing to accept. Um, and so I think he's going to probably put this engine in it and run it as it is, um, or as it was, um, to start with, but apparently he's also already bought another motor. <laughs> he's a crazy person. I was going to say, scope creep got real, real fast. Well, so here's the thing. That 421 is like one of the rarest uh, Pontiac motors of that era. Okay. And because of that, it's very, very valuable. Makes sense. And it's not, it's not hard to rebuild. It's not, it's not like it's expensive, um, if it were to break as compared to other Pontiacs, but it's very valuable to collectors and to re- and to restorers. And, uh, he's kind of at that point where like, I'm going to put it in the car and I'm going to try it out just to run it because it's period correct. And it's interesting, but it's such an expensive motor that that's not where he wants to stay long-term. That makes- I shouldn't say expensive, valuable. Yeah. Right. And so he's got another, it's a slightly newer motor, um, which will still bolt in there, but the newer motors have more aftermarket parts available to them. So he doesn't have to, uh, get so weird. Like, uh, you can buy, I don't think that you can buy like the aftermarket Edelbrock aluminum heads for the engine that it, 
that it came with, but you can for the engine that he bought. And like, they look exactly the same from the outside. Uh, but there's, you know, bolt pattern differences and little things like that, that just are difficult about that engine. And so it's not staying in the car long-term. Okay. Yeah. And the last, so, thing, yeah, the last thing I do is ruin a part or yeah. an engine that's super difficult to find yeah. parts for or work it's, on. Yeah. Or, it's super rare. Um, it, which is cool. It, it's part of, part of the, you know, part of that is, is cool and interesting as a race car, but also at the same time, not, you know? Um, so it's kind of that line you have to walk. My dad's very much the story guy, kind of like I am about cars. You know, I love as much the story behind the cars, the car itself. It's one of the things I love about my Omni so much. And that's why I really, really, really wanted to see the Tempest come home because that story would have been so incredible to me. Like a car that he built 25, 30 years ago, uh, sold to help fund my and my little sister's drag racing uh, and, you know, just kind of like uh, racing kind of was always in our family, but was less important for a while. And now he's kind of come back around to it and, Oh, look, we found the old car 20 years later. He's reunited with it. I think it would have been such a cool story and I'm super bummed that it didn't <laughs> happen, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. So, He's really jazzed on this Catalina, which I have told him I'm not like totally convinced on. Um, so he's not hearing anything new here. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's unique. Yeah. Right. It's, I, yeah. So I didn't even recognize the car when you sent it. I didn't. I, didn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what weird it is. Deal. So I think um, he's getting a roll bar built and welded into it. He found a local uh, fabrication shop that. Um, had a spot for him and, and he, he likes, feels comfortable with, which is good. Um, and so they're going to put just like a back half four point in it. Uh, nothing that extends forward of the B pillars. Um, I think he's going to try and keep the back seat in it. If I remember correctly, <laughs> just little things to keep it safe enough. Um, and you know, drag racing is really good about, uh, cause it's a little bit easier to, to police this than it is in, in road racing. They're really good about like, if you go this fast, you have to have this level of safety. Mm-hmm. If you go this fast, you're going to have to have this level of safety. It's a little bit easier to police because things are consistent. Um, but yeah, he's going to, the speed he's planning on going, he needs a few little things like the roll bar, the five or, uh, and, and some stuff like that. So that's what he's going to do. But like, it's got a bench front seat, which he plans on keeping, which I think is hilarious. So just a, uh, is he going to swap that in and out or? Nope. Nope. That's legal with the roll bar. Huh. Yep. Huh. And that's like very vintage yeah, yeah. period. Correct. To have like the roll bar in the back and still rock the bench seat. So, so it wouldn't be five, maybe four points then, right? Or is he doing five? I don't even know. Yeah. I think it'd be four point then. Yeah. Definitely would be four point. I, I actually I just assumed it was like just a lap belt and, and like it half a be. helmet to heck with it. It might be. I don't know. I don't know exactly how fast he's going and how stringent the rules are. I think he has to have things like drive shaft loops and little stuff like that. Yep. Um, I'm not exactly sure how far he's going to take it. 
in the past, my dad has always gone a little bit farther than the bare minimum requirements. Not a bad thing. No. At all. Nope, not at all. So, um, and he's not looking to, you know, build a dangerous car by any stretch. So, I don't know. We'll see what he does with it. I'm I'm cautiously excited for that much, at least, you know. Uh, I do enjoy, I really enjoy going and racing with him, uh, even if it's not the car I had hoped and <laughs> dreamed. And even if he crushed my soul when he turned me down, even though he told me we were going to get it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy that he's found something he's excited about, so. Yeah, and, and he'll start doing more racing and doing more with it. And, yeah, who knows, he'll grow into more than what you realized or what he planned to do with it. Yeah. So, um, grid life this year is going to Heartland park. Uh, and apparently they're going to do a little bit of a test and tune on the drag strip in the evening, at least one of those nights. And my intention, if the car is running is to make my dad bring it down there and do a couple passes just for the fun. That would be awesome. So yeah, I'm really looking we'll forward see. to that, that event. Yeah, that event's going to be super fun. I'm very, very excited about that one. Uh, my dad's going to be there. Dusty's dad is going to be there. There's going to be so much track dadding, it's going to be the best. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a good so group. I've, I plan on bringing, because um, it's only like an hour from my parents' house, so I'm probably going to have my wife and kid there, uh, as I have at, at Heartland Park in the past, too. So yep. it's going to be cool. I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, I think so that, I think that's of actually all the ones. That's the one I'm most excited. about. I was just about. gonna say that. Like, I'm 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 obviously looking forward to Gingerman. Um, yeah. In, in May or in, in June for the first GLTC race I'm in, but I think I think Topeka is probably the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna be great. So, but yeah, that's the story of my dad uh, getting back into his drag car dreams. So nice. Um. It was very up and down for me for a while. Like, yeah, that's a little bit of a roller coaster because you're super, super pumped. Katie like doesn't get it, right? (laughs) Even still, I was was trying to think of like how to explain to her. So she, her parents, uh, when she was growing up, they lived on a farm outside of the town that she grew up in for quite a while, and then. moved into the moved into town and we're living there and she always she she always talks about how of all these fond memories she has of this farmhouse right and so i tried to kind of explain to her like my dad buying that car would be the equivalent to your mom or dad buying the old house and moving back into it like that's that's the same level of sentimental value to me that car is the same level as that house is to her you know, and she, so then she's like, okay, that, that makes sense to me. She, she says, I can, I can understand that. Like that car formed a lot of the, you know, the way I look at, at race cars and, and um, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. So yeah, I, I, the fact that it's still out there makes me really happy too. Like, I can't um, believe it hasn't changed. Like, I mean, shocked. that much. Yeah, that it's it's still basically it still has the same rear-ended transmission that was in it when my dad sold it. That's insane. Or like the, that the paint job is in that good a condition and and unchanged. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool to me. Um and the fact that the people who have it like have not only like kept it in that shape but have improved upon it a little bit and 
you know, that it hasn't ended up in a crusher or in a field or in a barn mm-hmm. um, is so cool to me. Just the fact that it's still out there, it's, it makes me really happy. So it may not end up home yet, but uh, the fact that it's still out there is is still really cool. Yeah, and, and so. then you know where it is. So, I mean, if that dude ever decides to get serious about selling it, your dad might change his mind. Yeah. Yeah, um, people, yeah post a for sale sign, and it's like, oh, you know? Yeah, he he has a, as, as a lot of people do, he has a Facebook page dedicated to the car, right? Yep, yep. And I'm not, I'm not going to plug it just because, but um, the, like, it's not a very active page, especially because in COVID times, it was kind of hard to get out and go racing. Um, but like the second post down at the time that I found that or that my dad found that page and shared it to me um, was him asking if anybody knew anything about a different car because he was interested in buying it and he was just looking for some information on it. So clearly he's not like super dedicated to this car. Yep. yep. Um, and he's kind of looking at, at, you know, maybe finding a way out of it. I hope that that means it doesn't end up in somebody's hands. That isn't going to take care of it, but yeah, such is life. Exactly. So yeah, that's all I got about that. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, I guess this would be, I guess our topic. Our topic is, (laughs) our topic is always sponsored by Petrobox, mypetrobox.com. Uh, if you want to get 10 or 15% off of your uh, first box or anything that's currently available in the store, go to mypetrobox.com and use the code TTP15. Uh, that's 15% off your first box. Uh, don't listen to Dalton. You don't care about the flask. You want 15% off, obviously. So just make sure when you uh, when you go to the store and, and buy some of the stuff, use use our code. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. And like I said, there's, there's, some, there's some awesome stuff in here. I mean, getting the, the dog collars... Uh, my dogs wear them every day, and they're like not very expensive at all. Like fifteen dollars for. A, I saw somebody with a dog collar on their dog at Grid Life. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure whose it was, but there was somebody there with it. So That's that good. Was cool. And they're even though he said not to talk about Eagle Grit, they're going to reach out and see if they can get more Eagle Grit. Just this is true. Give the people what they want. We've beat them down. <laughs> I ran out of one bottle, but I went to the other bottle, so we're good. Do you like legit use it in the shower? That's where I keep it. Why though? So I can scrub my hands good. But like they make sinks, Robbie. I know, but I, like that only gets me so clean. And then I'm in the shower, and I can I can like scrub, and then go back to it later. Like if it's like, oh, you know what? I didn't get it all. Now I'm cleaning my everything. Everything gets cleaned. Perfectly cleaned. Never Dude, you mind what I do in the shower. No, that's my that's my time. You know that's fine. I'm not like <laughs> you know. I take long showers. I you know I have no room to judge. Right? Yeah, I I like but, to be clean. Okay. But I mean, if you want to be clean, or if you want your car to be clean, or if you want to look super fly in your new shirt, Petrobox has all you got. I mean, it's they have shirts that uh, look like. Like the, you know, it says race car things. We've worn it a bunch of times, but it looks like the uh, Stranger Things logo. Yep. They got the uh, HKS logo, Petrobox shirt, hooker headers. You know, they got all sorts of cool stuff. Champion spark plugs. Champion, I'm wearing right now. Exactly. Um, they're they're the, the Supreme knockoff one that says race car. I wear that a lot. 
Oh, I don't even know that I've seen that one. I think you own it. I for sure do not own that one. Are you sure? It's just a black shirt that says race car in red. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it looks like the Supreme logo. I wear it all the time. <laughs> I've worn it on the show. <laughs> yeah, a bunch, bunch of different shirts and then like just an endless supply of car care products that are already discounted prices that you can get for even more discounted prices if you go to the store or if you go to the, get a box. It'll show up at your door every month. Um, I have a just a stockpile of awesome like car care products that, hey, I need tire cleaner or a wheel cleaner. Oh, perfect. I'll just go grab that, get all this brake dust off of my wheels, and it works really great. Probably wouldn't have ever bought it, except it shows up in my box, and now I use it all the time. So, I don't know. If you want to get something like that, mypetrobox.com. So I have a few things I want to add about my NCM experience. Is this kind of like your rebuttal since you didn't get a chance to defend yourself last week? Uh, very minimally. Okay. I, I just feel like they I can't be bothered trying to debunk those two's ridiculousness. So mostly it's just a couple of things I wanted to talk about that got left out because they either weren't involved in it. Or uh, I feel like I have a better can do a better job. I can't believe they didn't bring up your luggage. That's not the first time it's been out. Really? No, I use that every time I go places now. Is it even? Is it? Isn't that your kids? Yeah. Okay. So I get a message in the group chat. Everyone's like, "I can't believe!" Like, have you seen this? I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And it's Adam. With a Lightning McQueen suitcase with his clothes in it, like yeah. that they sell at Walmart for small children. Yeah, it looks like Lightning McQueen. It's shaped like a race car. It looks like Lightning McQueen. It's very fitting for the weekend, Robbie. It is, but is it the size of a carry-on or is it smaller? Oh, yeah, it's for sure carry-on sized. Okay, that's a little bigger than I thought it would be. You gotta like pick and choose. Like you can't really. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention like. So Bill and I are not taking any sort of like trailer with the Corvette. Yeah. So we're you know we're fitting enough clothes and and, and gear that has to fit in the frunk and the and the and the trunk, and the trunk is just big enough to fit two um, golf bags, and the frunk is just big enough to fit like a helmet and a racing suit. So we, <laughs> we're going to have to re- figure out how to pack eight days worth of stuff plus all our racing gear. And I don't know about tools, if there even can be any. And we're going to fit all that into the into the C8. Shouldn't you have that figured out by now? We're doing that tomorrow after work just to play Tetris to get all our stuff in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And if it doesn't fit, it gets left behind. That's fair. Who needs to change clothes? Eight days isn't It's that fine. Way. I got deodorant. Yeah. Truck stop showers? We, we got hotels. It's fine. I'll be clean. Oh, that's right. You're doing hotels and things yeah, like I'll that. Yeah, I'll be clean. You? It's fine. That's fair. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's, I use that at Superlab too. No, I didn't go to Superlab. That's fair. All right. Well, so, you, know, you got to bring that to Topeka. I was going to, well, probably, that, yeah. Well, well, actually, if I'm going, that will probably be Logan's at Topeka. Nah, fair enough. You should but get your own. The gingerman. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's great. <laughs> I love. It. I think it's hilarious. I'm so used to you just carrying things in a trash bag. You like show up. I got my stuff. Nah, dude. I got. What a are you talking about? Now. You got your stuff. You I got mean, your... I stole it from my son. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
ah, oh, man, I forgot this, this, and this. We got to go so to Walmart. When I was, <laughs> just, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was, um, when I was packing that for super lap battle, I got it all packed and I set it by the door. And then I went to bed before Katie and Logan did that night. Cause I had to get up at like three <laughs> 30 in the morning or something like that to meet those guys in Omaha. And when I woke up the next morning, Logan had fucking moved it and <laughs> hidden it because he didn't want me to take it. And so it took me like 10 minutes to find the damn thing. He didn't empty it though. No, he he left it alone. Well, that's good. God. <laughs> I, I would have expected him to empty it. <laughs> nope, nope. He just hid it from me. Um, but then this time I asked him if I could take it. And he was like, yep, you can have it. I'm like, okay, thanks, buddy. And that's, he helped me pack it even. That's so, nice. Yeah. He's real helpful like that. Yeah. You just got to ask Kids permission first. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, morning of, as I do. Uh, woke up a little bit later than I had planned. That doesn't sound like you. Which is why I did not have time to get uh, E-Man's uh, rooster, rooster booster. But I would like to state, maybe this is going to be more of a defensive rebuttal than I had anticipated. <laughs> I would like to state for the jury that he never really expressly said, hey, you bring Rooster Booster and we'll trade it. I just like I know that when I see him, I should bring it with me, and that was the plan. As someone that's in that group chat, uh, I assumed you were bringing Rooster Booster based on yeah, that conversation. I always do. I mean, but I didn't have time to stop there. So uh, the other problem that also screwed me over the uh, for that that morning is that there was a massive accident on Interstate 35, oh, and yeah. I was dead stopped for 10 minutes. Yeah, that'll slow you down for sure. And so that kind of screwed me over, too. So um, anyway, uh, just barely was able to beat. Oh, that's right. Uh Despite the fact that I said multiple times in a separate group chat with Dalton and Ryan, who was coming with, that I was going to be meeting them at my place of employment Friday morning, Dalton was planning on picking me up at my house. Oh. And I didn't find out about that until he was well on his way here. Oh, shoot. Thankfully, it didn't really add a whole lot of time to the trip, but I had to return my my work truck to to work and I had to get my cot out of my Cavalier because I keep it in my Cavalier for when I need it at work. Right. So I had to go get my cot, got my cot. Uh, I thought that I had my sleeping bag and pillow in my Cavalier <laughs> as well because I couldn't find them in my house Friday, or Thursday night. Got there. Turns out I don't know where my uh, spare sleeping bag or my sleeping bag and, and spare pillow are. No fucking clue what happened to those things. So that is what we had to stop at Walmart for this time around. So some things never change, Robbie. It's nice that you're consistent. I try to be. Yeah. I mean, I know that this isn't the way that people want me to be consistent. No. But at least I am. Yeah, I assume that we'll stop. We always have to go to the Walmart at Gingerman. And not yeah. just for food. <laughs> so I I had to get a sleeping bag, another sleeping bag, because the one I have I bought at Gingerman. I remember at that Walmart. <laughs> well, uh, I remember because it was the, like the really some like the 
warm weather one during the cold weather times. Yeah, and so this time <laughs> I bought a colder weather one. Good call. And I still froze to death. Really? Dude, I was so cold. Is that because Dalton had the AC on or because it was cold? Dalton did not sleep in the trailer. That's right. He got a, he got a hotel, Mr. Yes. Fancy Boy. Yes, he got a hotel. Wow, high life. Yes. He offered for us to stay there with him, oh, and we declined knowing that we would be interrupting and that we didn't need to be a part of it. Yeah. But no. we don't need to get into that. No, no, no. That's different. But um, what was the weather like so, down there? I thought uh, like chilly? 60s? Yeah, but that means it drops down to the 40s overnight, huh? Yeah, so it was one of those deals where it was just warm enough that like you put a sweatshirt on, you're a little warm, you take your sweatshirt off, you're a little cold. It was one of those deals, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which was really frustrating. Um, so uh, like when I was doing the the live stream stuff, I would just try not to wear a sweatshirt. And then most of the rest of the time I had my sweatshirt on. So could have been worse. Could have been colder. Could have rained. It tried to rain a little bit. Uh, it was wet when we got there. It was wet when we woke up Saturday morning. Um, so, you know, it could have been worse all in all. It certainly wasn't as bad as grid lice of past. Yeah. So. No, so it looked like it was okay. Like on the, I watched a little bit of the live stream. I, I mean, I, I was in the shop and didn't really have, I didn't have time to actually watch this one, but I was, I watched a lot of highlights, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like I did all the live stream, uh, time attack stuff with Abe. Awesome. Uh, as I'm sure a bunch of you probably noticed. Um, originally I was like, so I think I might've started to get sick already when we got there and I was just not feeling like super into that idea of doing the live stream thing while, while you're when sick. It started, you know, just like, man, I don't really want to do it this weekend, you know? Um, and I kind of told Adam such like, you know, I don't, he's like, Hey man, you know, I'm, uh, if you're feeling up to it, I might, you know, I could, I could probably use you in the live stream thing or whatever. You know how Adam is. He's like, Mr. Nonchalant, like, not yeah, he'll never like flat out ask you. He'll just be like, yeah, hey, be cool. man, you know, like, it'd be cool if you did if it. If you wanted to or whatever, like, it, you know, would really help me out. Like, he won't be like, hey, man, I really need you to do this. Will you please do it? He won't, he'll never do that. He'll always like make you kind of feel bad about it. You know? Yeah, of course. So guilt kinda, trip. Like, I can't say no now. Guilt trip you into yeah. it, right? What a jerk. <laughs> really? I mean, just tell me what you need, man. Speed direct. But, yeah. So uh, at first I was kind of like not that into it. And then um, I found out that Abe was probably going to be doing it by himself. And I was like, nah, man, like I can't, you can't do can't, that. You That's can't leave Abe. The worst. Yeah, I can't leave him by him. Just hang No, man. I wasn't going to do that to Abe. So I jumped in there and after, you know, back and forth a little bit for a little while and, and like kind of got into the the swing of things and felt more comfortable with it. And it was, um, it was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself. It's one of those deals where it's like, I don't really want to do it until I do it. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great fun. I should do this all the time. Did you, so, you, I assume you're up in like the timing tower doing this. Not in any way. Where are you? So we were, um, just over the pit wall, right about pit exit. 
Uh, outside? Yeah. Like in like inside of a tent. Oh. Uh, like on the paddock parking area. I was, like on the concrete. Okay. That is not that is not great for viewing. Do you, uh, you just so watch the video? That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. That track is not good an for viewing. Amazing track, don't get me wrong. Not a f- spectator friendly environment. No, you get to see the front straight hard Barely. stop. <laughs> Barely. Yep. So, um Next along up. the backside of the garages and I think along the Holly uh building there's some balcony area yep. and you can kind of get up a little ways and you can see some of the corners you can see the front straight but like for the most part that track is terrible yeah they um, had, so that's what happens for when viewing for spectator it's just not a good track for that it's not well set up there's no there's no bleachers there's no viewing there's lots of relatively high walls because of what makes that track so interesting the like all the elevation changing and stuff like that also makes it really difficult to watch racing. Yeah, that and half the stuff is designed to like keep the sound in. Right. So yeah, it, it's not really great for looking in. Now, because when I did the uh, live, or, yeah, like the live stream audio stuff for the SCCA when I was for teaching Nats, they had us yeah. up in the timing tower. But then I I, I remember the time people weren't like super pumped about it. Yeah, it would have been cool to be up there and have a little bit of height, maybe be able to see what's going on. Well, like we literally, all we could see, all we were able to comment and talk about, what was was what was on the screen at that exact second that you were seeing it as well. Oh shoot, that's all we could see of the racetrack. So that made things really difficult from a spectator, from a from a commenter point of view, right? I think it's a little bit easier um, with GLTC because those guys, you know, the the live the live stream crew that they have there are like really good at their job. They're very, very, very good at their job, um, and so they know what to follow. And they, but Time Attack is so much harder to do. And basically, what Abe and I ended up doing was like, well, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and every once in a while, we're going to talk about um, times. Yep, that's, I think that's the best way to go about it. If you can talk so, about if you, anything you know about the builds or anything you know about the drivers, you know anything yeah. anything you can talk yeah. about that's relevant. Um, I think that's yeah. For time attack, that's a really great way to like bring people in because yeah, if you're just going to sit there and talk, so and so did a one twenty three. Yeah, so and so did way. a two twenty four. So yeah, we talked you, a lot about like um, the differences between classes and rules, and um, there were I you know I I asked Abe a few questions about there were a couple of little things, uh, not real serious ones, but little things that required some scrutineering um, throughout the weekend, and I asked him you know like a little bit about that. I didn't want like I know you can't get too into this, but you know kind of walk me through it or whatever. Oh man. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, we also talked about, um, you know, I talked with Abe about the fact that like this track is really hard from a time attack competitor perspective, um, with the length of sessions. Oh, it's terrible. You know, I talked to him about that. Um, 
and uh, referenced how you felt about it at time trial nationals um, and stuff like that. So, you know, and he's like, yeah, you know, I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, that makes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we talked about those things back and forth a little bit and it it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have since been asked uh, by Mr. Jabe himself to do the rest of the live streams for grid life for 2021. Uh, So, and I've committed to that. So that's going to be interesting. That is awesome. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that because Abe and I are going to be doing the rest of them. So uh, the other thing, I don't know how many people this applies to here that actually listen to the podcast, but if you are listening to this podcast and you are a track battle competitor, uh, please find me in the paddock and talk to me about shit that's going on on track, off track with you and your car through the weekend. So I've got shit to talk about. The more, the, um, the more interesting stuff you can yeah. say about your car and you know, your, if, yourself. If, if you see good. me walking by and you got something that you think is interesting, whether it's for you or a fellow competitor or whatever, f- please flag me down. Let me know. I would love to talk to any and all of you guys about it. I don't know how many uh, track battle competitors actually listen to the show. I'm always surprised when I find out how many people actually listen. Um, but yeah, if, if there's stuff that you guys think would be interesting on the live stream, hit me up. So especially during the week, but even before, before the event, if you've got stuff leading up to the event, uh, I would love to hear that too. Yeah. I think that'd be super helpful. Like if someone wants to, you know, someone that's, Doing something a little interesting that's not just like uh, an S two thousand, you know. Just if they have yeah. this like wild swap or whatever build they're doing, just so that they can send that to you even beforehand, so you can like look at their uh, Facebook pages and see what their builds are all about. Yeah, and I follow a lot of the competitors already, like of course. on Facebook and on Instagram, and and um, I keep track of a lot of what's going on because um, I'm a nerd, which so, is why you're perfect for um, this. Did you did you watch that video that Life put out about Super Lap Battle this year about twenty twenty one? I haven't yet. No, I I need to. It's like twenty minutes long, so it's a little bit of time yep. dedicated. But like anybody who hasn't watched it, they need to go out and watch it because it's it's the perfect um, example of how hard it is uh, to live talk about time attack because there was so much drama and so much like uh heartbreak and blood sweat and tears poured into that car through the weekend that even as somebody who was there and watching them do it i didn't realize and the story that they put together for that video afterwards it's so exciting and it's so like it it makes my hair stand on end like when i just think about it it's so cool and it's so awesome to like and that like that's the that's time attack to me that video is the perfect um representation of what time attack is to me in my head and like what it is that um people go through just to like you know Get that perfect a lap. Little, go a little bit faster. It's you know they talk about uh, it's that one perfect lap, and that that 
lap was not perfect, but it was still good enough to break their own record. And, you know, um, the amount of effort that they put forth to, to do that. And the fact that that car literally coasted across the finish line, literally coasted across the finish line (laughs) and reset its own track record is so cool to me. I don't, I just, I can't freaking insane. (laughs) Freaking insane. Yeah. Uh, at the end of that Cole in there, he says, I never thought this car was a sub two, two minute car at Coda. I think I'm wrong. And the amount of excitement that gives me for 2022 super lap battle cannot be described. Yeah. That'll be insane. So that's it's such, awesome. it's such a fast Just car. So, <laughs> so good. Awesome. So, um, but anyway, grid life things. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really appreciate it. I never once got a chance cause I, I feel stupid like going, oh, and check out Ten Ten's podcast. You know, I don't know why. I just can't. Like, if Adam Chabay can do it on on the Hoonigan autofocus, I think you can do it. I know, but he pimped our show, not his show. That, I know that's how important it is to pimp our show. That even Chabay well, does. I just it. feel weird about it. I don't know why. <laughs> so I didn't. I'm the a same single way, time say anything. I did mention, you know. Abe and I both mentioned that, you know, we are on a podcast, but I never said which one I am on. From now on, you have to wear a 10 tenths podcast shirt. Then you never have to. I have every intention of that. I need to buy some new ones. Uh, I'm going to do that here shortly, actually, probably. Um, But yeah, I need to order some new shirts. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, One of the, basically the only other thing I want to talk about, um, that we, that you guys didn't really touch on too much. The museum. Yes. Uh, I was really like, uh, we got to go to the museum. Like, I, I, yes, wanna, I think if I have to go over there by myself, I'm going to find time to go to the museum. I think you'd be more into it than they would. Like, cause yeah, you're, you like me are, are more into the museum stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so we went in there. For the most part, it is exactly what you think of when you think of like what a Corvette museum is going to be. It's a bunch of Corvettes in a museum. Um, could for could the have, most could part, have that's not that <laughs> fascinating. I I enjoyed the the history, like the oh yeah, like some of the the original stuff from like way at the beginning and like the the progression through times and stuff like that. I always enjoyed that. But like they have right now, I don't think they had this when you were there. Um, but right now, that one of those rooms, one of those halls, if you will, is dedicated to mid-engine Corvette concepts. There was and some. I don't. I'll well, bet I don't, I don't there's remember ten the, of them in there. I don't remember there being a room dedicated to it. I bet there's ten of them in there right now, and only one or two of those are C8 prototypes. Because I remember the old Stingray that was always on the folders in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, I, that was there. And that was like, there was one that like I was so excited I didn't even take a picture about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh god, Robbie's gonna be fucking pissed. I am about pissed this later, but um, it looked just like it was. It was like the American Jaguar XJ220. Yeah, it looked so 
awesome. It was so radically 80s, but in all of the best ways that like even you would be into this car. I want to say and that might have even been had, there. It had an LT5, which was the dual overhead cam uh, LT1 variant that they put in the ZR1 C4 Corvette uh, mounted transversely in the back and like you could see it. You could see like the cam powers and stuff on the, on the heads and stuff like from above. And the interior was just like the most radical thing you've ever seen in your life. And it had like the McLaren style doors. And I was like, dude, this car is epic. If they would have built that thing in the eighties, we'd be in a totally different world now. We really would. I got yeah, say there's a picture of Dalton bending over looking at a concept car, but that's that's the best I can do. Yeah, I didn't get very many in that room. Um, there is a picture of a red, what appears to be C4 Corvette that I sent you. Um, that is – so the story on that one was that when Dodge announced that they were building the Viper with a V10 <coughs> – GM said, "Oh man, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have a rebuttal to this car, right?" Yeah, of course. But we can't just put a V10 in ours too. That's because that's what they're doing. Uh, so they had some engineers cut the engine right in, or cut the frame right in front of the firewall, lengthened it, I think six or eight inches, and stuck a V12 in that. That would be awesome. How cool would that have been? A V12 C4 Corvette? Yeah, that'd be great. Bitchin'. That would have been dope. <sighs> that'd be too good. That, yeah. mean, that means that that means the 240 would have a V12 in it right now. It could. It could. <laughs> LS things, man. <laughs> so it was pretty cool uh, to see that. The other pictures that I sent you, uh, the very last room in there before you walked out into the gift shop, which was slightly hilarious but also disappointing, um, was a – had a bunch of um, – Jesus Christ, now I'm drawing a blank <laughs> on this dude's name. I, yeah, um, I'm not going to be able to help you here. I know exactly who you're talking about. Because uh, they, they, they had a bunch of these cars at Volo and basically, like, hot, there's been, like, Hot Wheels yeah. of them. Oh, my God. I'm so mad at myself so, there's right so now. There's so many people screaming at their radios right now. Uh, it's like, you know, it's like the real artsy, cartoonish cars. Like, they're, like it's, a, it's a, they're art pieces, obviously. Where they that, was it Roth? <laughs> I don't remember. Damn it. I can't believe I, I'm I'll recognize this as soon as you say this. it, but there's no way I'll be able to pull it from anywhere. Ben yes. Roth, I think that's who it is. Yeah, because he did. Yes, he, Ed he, Roth. Yep, Big Daddy Ed Roth. Yeah, now, yeah, now as soon as you say that, um, I'm picturing the, uh, the the helmet car. Yes, the helmet car he made, and uh, the Munsters yep. car for like the real old folks in the in our listenership who actually know who the Munsters are. Um, but they had a whole room dedicated to him. Um. None of these car, well, not I shouldn't say none of these. Most of these cars are reproductions done by uh, modern famous people. Oh, okay. Um, who were also big Ed Roth fans. 
a lot of these car, a lot of his cars ended up being parted out or scrapped or lost to the ethos. Apparently, um, the yellow one with two engines, which was called the Mysterion, yep. was like one of my favorite cars as a little kid. Really, uh, the whole idea of dual engines has always, or multiple engines, yep. has always fascinated me. So, like, there's a there was a drag racer in the '60s called TV Tommy Ivo, and he had like um, it was it looked like. Uh, kind of like a station wagon but it was a drag car like a full length dragster basically that had a it had the front grill on the front and then uh a large space for the engines plural yep. and then like a small station wagon body in the back that he sat inside of and it had four engines <laughs> and it was four wheel drive and they were all like big big block blown alcohol injected hemis and like literally it couldn't be cooler than that i do remember the i want to say it, it kind of looks like a corvette but it's got the two big engines with the big uh blower out the front i remember that yeah. that car as well that was my yeah, favorite so like um ed ed roth is really he's he's a very influential car guy like he's the one with the rat fink Yep. You know, he's the guy that came up with that. And um like that's very quintessential hot rodder culture. And it was really cool to see those cars up close and personal because those are cars that like I've seen in movies and I've seen in TV shows and I've seen in magazines and calendars and folders and notebooks and you name it. Like that stuff's everywhere, right? And then here they are like in flesh and blood and, and uh, like yeah, they're not the real thing, but um so yeah the the mysterion which is the yellow one with two engines on it that was one of the coolest cars ever to me when i was a little kid just because i love the multi-engine thing um but there i took a f- pictures of a couple other ones um i just think they're real they're so like they're so iconic everything yeah. that guy did was just so incredible um and that, like that room was way cooler to me than than most of the rest of the Corvette stuff. Yeah, see, I'm always, I'm always fascinated at the craftsmanship that goes into these cars, the, the yeah, Ed Roth like I'm stuff. I'm sure that it's a staggering amount of Bondo. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's still really cool. Yeah, and it's got to be just an unbelievable amount of time. Just, just wet sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these were like commissioned for like, um, like movies. The Monster Mobile was obviously commissioned for the movie, um, or like, you know, um, advertisement pieces, right. stuff like that. That's like that's how a lot of these things came to be, and um, so that's kind of cool, just to see that thing. You know, like he built one that like could haul a motorcycle and had like a forward cab. Like you sat basically on top of the front axle and there was a motor. They didn't have that one at the Mm -hmm. uh, museum, but that would have been really cool. Um, They had his shop truck, which was just like a regular old truck. It wasn't anything too crazy, but you know, it had uh, his logo on the doors, just like your old, your quintessential old shop truck. And that was kind of cool to see that like, yeah, this guy built some of the wildest shit in the world, but like, you just needed a regular shop truck too, you know. Yep. So that was neat. 
It was very cool. The gift shop did not have uh, custom embroidered National Corvette Museum New Balances, or I would have bought a pair. I was very disappointed <laughs> uh, that they didn't have those. Dalton did find the greatest Hawaiian shirt of all time, but other than that, the the gift shop was kind of a yeah a miss for no, us. I, um, I felt the same way. They have a display in towards the beginning of it where there's a. Um, they have a brick wall and there's a couple of garage doors. And then inside of those garage doors, there's dioramas of a few different things. I think one of them is dedicated to the auto work union or the union of auto workers and stuff like that. Um, but those bricks, those individual bricks, you can pay $300, uh, and have your name put on a plaque on these bricks. Right. And so there's the brick wall, the garage, the brick wall, garage, brick wall, garage, brick wall. Right. Okay. And so like the first three sections of that brick wall are full and the third one's about halfway there, but you know, when they build bricks, they alternate them like a little bit, right? Like yeah. So half. they're off, they're offset. Yeah. And so, um, at the, so, uh, you know, every other row has a half brick on each end. Right. And I said, Dalton, you should see if they would let you put half your name on one of those half bricks for $150. <laughs> but he wasn't having it. I was really bummed out. Aw. I bet they would. He's like, he's like, if it was $150 and not $300 for a whole brick, like I might seriously consider getting one that says Iowa Man Racing on it. And I was like, I bet we could crowdfund that. Oh, easy. Because that would be pretty funny. Yeah, I think that would be pretty good. <laughs> So, so they, they can't possibly care as long as the money goes through. It's a kind of a wild place because like we were talking about it. Could you imagine working there? Cause like if you work there, like you're the ticket taker yep. at the front door, right? Like every day you think this is peak Corvette person. Right. And then the next day somebody goes and one ups that guy. Yep. For every sure. day. Like yep. every single day. Or it's just the same person, like in your mind, like okay, but it's this that's the Corvette guy every day. <laughs> it was it was a very strange place. Yeah. You know, but it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely worth the fifteen dollars to go walk through it. Um I was kind of bummed at the minimum amount of the sinkhole that I could still see. Is it just kind of that one little area you can kind of look over? Everything else has just been covered up, right? So they've built a floor entirely back in again. Yeah. Uh, and there's an outline, a yellow painted outline of where the floor collapsed. And then there's just like a glass lidded manhole cover that you can stand on top of and look down of like a 40 foot shaft yep. to the bottom of the cave. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm picturing. And I was like, this is lame. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I remembered for a while there, you could go in there and see the whole sinkhole. And I was pretty sure that they had covered that up. And I kind of understand, although part of me is like, that would have been pretty dope to leave open, but fine, whatever. Um, but man, they could have not, or they could have just like given me a little bit more of that. And it would have been so cool to see. So cool to look at. I don't did, know. Did you watch like the videos and the, and the, yeah, all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, we did. Do they still have all the, those sinkhole Corvettes in the sinkhole condition? 
Yes, they have not. They fixed only the ones that they were going to fix, and that's it. Okay, I remember there was. Yeah, so I think three. So I think what was it like? Eight fell in, and I think three or four of them were fixed. Uh, a few of them were deemed not valuable enough for the cost of restoration. Right. And then I think one of them they decided just to leave that way because it wasn't that bad, but it was more interesting that way. Yep, that sounds right. So, but like, yeah, they're still covered in mud. Yep. Which is kind of cool. So. Yeah, just pulled them out and plopped them there and we'll just leave them there. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was my NCM weekend. So it was great to see all the, most of the grid life buddies. Uh, I got to hang out with Matt Williams, got to hang out with Andrew Rains. Andrew Rains got drunk and did karaoke at Matt Williams. Uh, camper until security came and shut us down for being too loud. Um, do you know the song We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel? Yeah, of course. Uh, do you know it well enough to recite it without looking at it? Oh, God, no. I could sing because like the Andrew chorus. Rains does. <laughs> and it's really impressive. Who knows that song heart by, by heart? Andrew Rains. That's... Apex Pro, everybody. ApexTrackCoach.com. I'm wearing my Apex Pro shirt right now, holding my Apex Pro uh, data logger box. Not my shitty Garmin Catalyst. Backstabbing. Son of a... (laughs) It's fine. None of our friends support the things that we do. I get it. It's fine. I've accepted that. Our our real friends and fans use Apex Pros, and they're the ones that are winning events and uh, looking fly and looking professional. Because they went to ApexTrackCoach.com and used code 1010, so they got a free window mount when they bought their unit. Very excited to be uh, announcing some new things with them soon. Very soon. Um, Had our schedules. Uh, I talked to Andrew a little bit, and he's going to be on the show in the near future. Yep. The plan was to have him on this week, but it's been kind of a nuts, crazy week. Yeah, and I had a lot of things I needed to talk about. So I got one last thing, and then we're shutting this shit down. Perfect. So as is also now become a new grid life tradition, while I was gone, Katie's car broke down. Oh. As you do. That's not a fun tradition. No, it's a tradition I'm very, very excited to break, uh, but we haven't yet. So Katie is still driving my piece of shit blazer. Uh, she's coming up on 250,000 miles. Oh. And uh, blazer, if you're listening, you're doing great. 250. That's, that's good mileage. Keep that's Toyota mileage. You're, you're doing a great job. Keep at it. Um, so on the way there, because uh, she, she went and stayed with her dad, she usually goes and stays with a family member while I'm gone, um, which is great because that means I don't have to. Uh, so she went and stayed at, with her dad um, that weekend. And on the way there, she calls me while because she, she was traveling roughly the same time we were. Um, and on the way that she calls me, she goes, uh, like all the gauges are just laying at the bottom of the range, you know, they're not doing anything and the radio's off. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then she like flipped her, she, she FaceTimed me and she flipped the screen around so I could see it. And then they all just like jumped back up and everything was normal. Okay. Do do you have a battery gauge? It does have a, it has, it has a voltage meter and an idiot light. Yep. Uh, the voltage meter was reading normal and the idiot light wasn't on at the time. Okay. 
So I have replaced the alternator in this once before. Yeah. Um, it died on me a while ago. This winter, when it was like way stupid cold, like 30 degrees below zero, there were a couple of days where um, like if we had to run and get groceries or something and we'd fire up the blazer and um, the the voltage gauge would read real low and the idiot light would come on. And I was kind of just like, and then like after the truck would warm up a little ways, uh, the voltage would bounce up and the idiot light would go away. And I was kind of just attributing that to being really fucking cold. Right. And it having a lot of miles on it. So I was kind of like, well, uh, have your dad just kind of give it a once over and make sure that everything's normal and everything's fine and tight and not corroded. And uh, hopefully you get home and that problem <laughs> never comes again. So um, on the way home, we were like literally, uh, I think they had just dropped me off and I was about to get in my car and head home. Uh, and Katie calls me and she goes, Hey, I'm, I had to pull off on an exit. The truck died. Shit. Like, oh, fuck. And she's, and like, I can hear her trying to start it like click, 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 click. And I was like, Katie, don't do that. Yeah. No bother. Like it's dead. Battery's dead. <laughs> she's like, so I can't like wait a few minutes and then try again. Like, no battery's dead. The alternator shot. The battery's dead. It's not going to start. I will be there as quick as I can. Of course, she's 45 minutes north of where I live, and I'm 45 minutes south of where I live. <laughs> so <laughs> she's got two dogs and a five-year-old in the truck with her. So um, flew back home, grabbed uh, a big toolbox I have that uh, has most of the tools I thought I would need. Was pretty certain I it was. It's pretty simple to put an alternator in the blazer. Um, then I ran into Ames and got an alternator from Arnold's and flew up there to swap the alternator on. Like it's literally the alternator's in such a simple, easy place to get to. They're like, I think I can put an alternator in it just about as fast as I can put a battery in it. Like it's, yeah, they're it's not, ten they're minutes tops. Yeah, they shouldn't by be too yourself. bad. It's yeah. super easy. Um, and so I swapped out the alternator. Hooked the jumper cables up to the Cavalier, jump started the truck, let it uh, sit on the on the jumper cables for like two or three minutes. Unplug the uh, jumper cables, battery gauge drops way down, truck dies in like less than a minute. Oh shit! Fuck. Now what? So I go through everything, double check everything. We started the truck on the jumper cables and let them sit there for like ten minutes. Um. And then pulled them off and kind of revved it up a little bit. And then the peg, the gauge starts dropping down again. But the idiot light never came back on. Okay. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, but ultimately, I decided um, my dad gave me the option. He's like, well, can you swap the batteries and you just like drive as far as you can, pull over, take the battery out of the Cavalier, put it in the blazer, keep going, like swap them back and forth. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately the battery that's in the blazer is just too big to fit in the Cavalier spot. So no, Dang I can't it. do that. So I ended up having it towed uh, and we moved everything over into the Cavalier and uh, just left it. So fuck it. We're going home. That was a whole diabolical in itself. They couldn't find anybody who was willing to go and get it. Cause it was so far away. Oh shit. Yeah. So um, it didn't get home till like almost 10 o'clock that night. Great. Which was really annoying. So obviously I didn't get to touch it uh, Monday night and then work turned into work and I basically didn't touch it at all. It sat in, on on the street 
on the street in front of my house until Sunday afternoon when I finally had time to look at it. Um, and so I put the battery charger on it uh, and let it sit there. What I, my plan was the alternator that's on the on the Blazer and the Cavalier and my S10 are all the same alternator. Yeah, Chevy did that right. Yeah. So my plan was the last time I put an alternator in the Blazer, the one I got, the first one I got from Arnold's was DOA. I'm like, well, nobody in the world can have this bad of luck, but maybe. <laughs> right. So let's let's just work on the uh, on the idea that I got another bad alternator. Like, well, the S10 is not doing anything. Um, so I was going to just take the alternator off the S10. And so uh, I went over there and I'm kind of looking at it. Uh, took the belt off of it, tried to like reach down in there. It's kind of half, it's like halfway up the motor on the side. So it's kind of buried. Uh, and also it's got a bunch of turbo piping under the hood. So it's super fucking buried. Oh yeah. And so I just said, screw it. Uh, let's go back to troubleshooting the blazer. Um, went over there, jumped in it, fired it up, pulled the battery or pulled the battery charger off of it. Runs great. Really? Not a single fucking problem. And I'm like, this, this can't be right. Like this can't be. And so, um, like I, I went and grabbed my multimeter and I'm checking everything everywhere. The voltage, the, cause it's just that single wire alternator, GM alternator. Um, but I'm getting like the regulator control voltage where I'm supposed to get it on the, on the computer and on the alternator and there's 12 volts or 14 volts everywhere. There should be, everything seemed fine. I'm like, fuck it. Let's just unhook the battery and see if the damn thing dies. Right. Yeah. Nope. Ran great. (laughs) And so we took it from here to Ames back and forth, like two or three times throughout the rest of the day, uh, running errands and doing some other things like that. And Katie's driven it every day this week. Not a problem. Not a problem. That's so weird. I don't fucking know, man. Is it just because that battery was honestly, so I don't dead? Even care. Like, yeah, you know, as long as it keeps going, Great. I don't care. Yes, unless that, yeah, unless that battery just was so stone dead that you just needed the time on the charger to get it up to a decent charge that. that yeah. could, but you'd think that the alternator would over overpower that. But yeah, I don't know. Battery, yeah, you know, electronics do weird shit. The the alternator should charge enough to keep the truck running once the truck is running, regardless of how dead the battery is. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's weird. I don't really care. Yeah, as long as it keeps running, that's that's great. Yeah, uh, but let's face it, I'm living on borrowed time. Right now. <laughs> yeah, something's gonna something's gonna give on that. Yeah. So I gave Katie a while ago. I gave Katie a. Um, like a budget and we're looking for a van within that budget. We're probably going to be buying a van here soon. I told Katie this time we're buying either a Toyota Sienna or a Honda Odyssey. I would personally prefer the Odyssey because I think it's like interior wise and stuff like that. It's a little bit better van. Uh, Like I like the way it's set up a little bit better Mm -hmm. um, than the Toyota, but either one of them, I figure I can't go wrong. Um, So we're just trying to figure something out. So adult we'll see. Yeah. I haven't found anything that really trips my trigger, but we're getting there. So well nice. I don't know. Fucking cars, man. Don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. The Z is doing so. good. The Porsche is completely out of commission. But 
So yeah, it's fine. That, that just means that you get to come to more grid lights and hang out with with the boys. Yeah, that that's kind of the plan. That so got, I'm yeah. excited for that. A few things on the Z I got to get done. I got the one lap, and then the weekend after that is time trials. So hopefully a good shakedown weekend for the Z. Um, and then the June fourth and fifth, I'll be at Gingerman for uh, GLTC. And then nothing with the Porsche because that engine is done. Turns out that uh, the brand new rebuild engine uh, failed. It has failed. And I don't yeah. really want to talk about it. Nah, let's not get into it. <laughs> Robbie, good luck next week. Thank you. Um, so I'm super fucking excited to see how it goes for you. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I've. I, it's it's one of those like surreal moments where like I haven't really accepted the fact that it's happening. Yeah, and like I get that. Like all of a sudden, it's just like okay. I'm bringing my stuff to Bills tomorrow, and we're leaving the day after. This is happening, so now it's yeah. it, you know it's it's real now. So, but yeah, so I'm, cool, I'm super super excited. Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm it's an it's an amazing car. It's now it's even more amazing because Paragon Performance filled it with all sorts of goodies. Um, maybe I'm gonna find out what tires I'm riding on tomorrow that are different than what I thought we were riding on, but we'll figure it out. I got to see Bill's uh, color. I haven't seen his car, but yep. I got to see his color while we were at NCM. Uh, super cool looking. It's yeah, it's it's a, oh god, it's like a baby blue, but not really. Um, it's a, it's the, a really beautiful the color. Silver, the silver they use has is like a little bit weird, a little bit special. Uh, like the actual, like you're talking like the silver painted cars. Yes, silver cars. Um, and I really like them. Yeah, the and I don't like silver cars. No, I do like silver cars, and and the one there's a picture where they had all the Corvettes, and there was one that stuck out that looked really good in silver. Yeah, but the one that really uh, stuck out to me was that like dark blue with the with the with the really almost white looking aluminum wheels. Yeah, yeah. That one that was a really good combination in my opinion. Um, I would never buy this, but I don't hate it nearly as much as I thought I would. They have a brown. Yeah, I know that they they make it in Dalton's color all like it. No, like a real brown. Not like a ha ha fuck yourself brown. Like an <laughs> actual brown. I don't know. And like it's it's pretty good looking. I would never buy it as such, but it's not the worst looking what? color. I really, I mean, it's cool. What color interior does it have? I don't know. I looked at it in the dark. Oh, maybe that's why you think it looks so good. Well, I could see the brown when I could see it from where we were parked in the daylight, but I yeah. never went and looked at the interior. Oh, gotcha. In the daylight. Hmm. So, um, they have a lot of colors. There's a purple. Yep. There's a couple of different blues. There's greens. There's red. There's orange. There's yellow. Um, obviously, black, white, silver. Uh, quite the option package uh, list. Yeah, it's kind of cool that, are concerned. that it gives you all those options. I mean, obviously, yeah, right now, cool. everyone's ordering them, so they're picking the color they want. But it's nice to not just have six colors. And it wouldn't, yep. surpri- wouldn't surprise me if some of these like really... Uh, fancy looking colors are, are water based instead of oil based so you get like a more um, just like a, a fancier color right it is neat though very 
All right, um, let's shut this down. I gotta finish packing and go uh, go, yeah, I gotta go to to uh, one lab. I will are you catch working tomorrow, or are you just yeah? Like, I'm, work, I'm working tomorrow, and then heading over to bills. Like you're not actually gonna work though, right? I am a dedicated employee. I work nonstop. I show up on time. I show up early. I work. I stay late. I'm dedicated. I know that like fifty percent of those things are not true. Dedicated, sure. all of it. I'm the most dedicated. Doesn't matter if it's sure. Monday or Friday or the day before vacation or the day after. As, if you're dedicated. any, if I, if you are a potential employer, and you're checking this out just to kind of see, trying to get a feel for Robbie, uh, I'm honest, loyal, hardworking. There is no job I would not hire him for. Exactly. I am certain, no matter what task I gave him, that he would accomplish it to the highest degree of perfection. With the crappiest of tools, I will still get it done. Absolutely. That's actually no, true. No, it's not in his, <laughs> in his uh, vocabulary. And without a doubt, you would you would be much better as a company for hiring him. I'm not looking for another job, though, for the record. <laughs> All right. I will catch you in two weeks. All right. That's right. No show next week, people. Two weeks. <laughs>